Hey everyone, it's Ricardo, and here is the Popping Collars lineup for the month of September 2020. Betsy, Greg, Liz, and I discuss workplace pop culture on Popping Collars, celebrating those fictional characters who do their jobs well. Take two sees the return of our first ever podcast guest, Chris Arnold, coming back to talk about our first ever podcast topic, Orange is the New Black. Betsy and Greg review My Left Foot, starring Daniel Day-Lewis on Going On 30. Finally, Greg and special guest Shayna Watson explore what many people are saying is the best episode of Star Trek ever, The City on the Edge of Forever, on this month's Sacred Six. Thanks for listening, and keep those collars popped. Shana, where would you go in your time machine? To the beginning. That's such a great answer. I have nothing that I could say to improve on that, other than I hope that you have like a spacesuit. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll land within the first seven days. Where, you exactly. Know. Yeah. <laughs> where Just make it make it to day six at least. If you. <laughs> this is the sacred six. Okay, welcome to the Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode, and that's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight. My special guest for this series is Shayna Watson. Shayna, how are you? Good, thanks. Awesome. We continue to boldly go through six episodes of Star Trek, and this month we find ourselves at Season 1, Episode 29, City on the Edge of Forever, Shana, you're going to hate me, but I did the one-minute plot synopsis last time, so you have to do the one-minute plot synopsis this time for a story that is crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> okay, one minute on the clock. On your mark, get set, go. I'll do it in 20 seconds. They time travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah, but he loses his marbles and runs through a time traveling machine. Oh man! Kirk and Spock go to rescue him. The end. The end. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Doctor Who episode. If you've seen Doctor Who, you've seen this episode. For God's sake, Uh, it's it's crazy. Like we talked about, I in the in the end of the last episode, I said like this is considered one of the best episodes of the show. Wow, really? Like I was watching it thinking, really? What is the moment that stood out for you most in this episode? First, I need to just say, I don't know why this is like. (laughs) I'm totally with you. You know, I'm just. um, So, what stood out to me the most was the period of time that they time traveled back to. 30s, I think. It's like because they they were in breadlines. So, I think it was like Depression era. Yeah, so it was just this strange time to go back to and their staging where they were when they went back in time was was at a missions. Mm-hmm. They were receiving the grace and the support and the help 
through a missional program where Captain Kirk falls in love with Joan Collins, who is this beautiful shelter coordinator that gives everyone coffee and really great pastoral support and care. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just thought that was, it was just an interesting era to travel to. Yeah. I had this moment where there was that scene where she stands up, like when the uh, Kirk and Spock get their soup and they're sitting with the other guys in the soup kitchen and stuff. And one of the guys is like, okay, well now you have to earn your supper. And she like goes up on stage and I'm thinking like, what's she going to do? Is she going to like preach? Like what, what's going to happen here? (laughs) Because it totally set up that she was like going to start talking about Jesus or something. And she starts talking about space and you're like, uh, okay. (laughs) Random. She was like, it's one day, man is going to go to the moon and outer space. (laughs) You drink your coffee. You could be whatever you want to be in life and touch stars. Like, it was super random. I was like, no, hon, you need to be talking about Jesus. You need to be talking about like saving people's souls. <laughs> like this is this is clearly the Salvation Army. Like what's going on talking about space? Like I don't get it. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird to me. I'm really struggling with that episode. My moment um, because I'm like you, this, this episode, I, I'm not quite sure why it gets love that it does online, but my favorite moment from this episode was the end because it was the end of the episode, but also, um, it was the end because the machine that they go through in order to go back into the past, like at the end of the episode, it invites them to go back again. What happened, sir? You only left a moment ago. We were successful. Time has resumed its shape. All is as it was before. Many such journeys are possible. Let me be your gateway. Captain, the Enterprise is up there. They're asking if we want to beam up. And Kirk has that moment where he's like, wait, I can go back. I can live the reality with Joan Collins that, you know, I really wanted to. And you start to realize that like this idea of time travel, this idea of like going back, it's a trap and it's, it's always a trap. It will never not be a trap. This idea of like, Oh, I can go back and do whatever. Like that's, that's a trap. That's a trapped way of thinking. You're going forward. Like, that's that's how time works. That's how, like, keep going forward. It's so true. And and then echoing that. And that's probably why it was so well-received, because I'm considering the conversations that might have been taking place when Star Trek was written, you know, traveling and going to the moon and going to outer space. And, you know, can, can we travel in time? What does all of that metaphysical aspect of of transportation look like and if we could travel back in time what would you change Mm -hmm. and the fact that captain kirk had to sacrifice i mean he had to let joan collins i forgot her name her character he had to let her die in order to save the future Mm -hmm. but you know there were two paths for her either she would die tragically or the other part was that she would end up having a conversation with the president or something like you know she had like this really 
bright future. And so, you know, Spock is trying to put this machine together. And so Kirk is saying, you know, well, Spock, how can this be? How could she be both, you know, this brilliant woman that moves forward progressively or either she meets a tragic end. And Spock was like, you know, I I can't tell you, but all I can tell you is that these are two potential outcomes. I don't know how either one will happen. Mm -hmm. So to kind of be left in that mystery and, you know, with sci-fi and these pop culture conversations, there are always like these rules, you know, if you go back in time, don't touch or change anything, you know, you can't resurrect the dead. You can't, you know, like there are these principles that you just cannot operate outside of because it's, if you do, you will alter present reality or future realities because mm-hmm. um, it has that type of butterfly ripple effect. So it was really complex. And I, and I would say that that was the piece of letting her die, the difficult decision of letting someone that you care about die in order to secure the future of many. Like that's, yeah. that's a little insane to me. Because, you know, I mean, there's there's Starfleet. They're from the Enterprise. That's what they do. They come through. They fix things. They got answers. Spock, he's non-emotional and he's logical and they have answers. But this time they were all stuck. Yeah. And um, when Bones came through, he was like, Jim, do you realize what you just did? And Spock said he knows. Mm hmm. So where does this episode intersect with where we are today? It brings to mind so many questions for me. Like if you could do it all again. And I know um, uh, when I was yeah. chaplain, you know, that was a huge question that I would ask of some of my patients who were at end of life. You know, if you if you could do it all again, what are some of the things you would change? Someone would say, I'll try to be a better person or I would live life without prejudice because, you know, being so filled with hate has gotten me nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. The other piece is if you knew that something was going to happen to someone, would you tell them or how would you respond to that? Um, if it was in your control or in your power to, to save them, would you, if you knew that there will be all these other consequences. So I have more questions to that than I actually see this episode being grounded in our present reality because the episode itself it was just filled with so many possibilities and so many outcomes. I mean, we're, to me, it was mostly like ethical questions. Mm -hmm. Like what would you do if it was in your power to, you know, to save one versus the many or the many versus the one. Yeah. 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 I think that that's, that's what kind of hit me while you were talking just then was the only thing that I could think of is, well, there were two things actually. One is, yeah, that importance of like one life. You know, I feel like sometimes we say that as lip service, like, well, as long as one person, you know, changes or something like that, but not like that actually is meaningful. If, if one person can be changed, like, I mean, that's biblical, right? When um, Abraham's arguing before God and he's like, well, what if I can save a hundred people? Or what if I can save 10 people? You know, like God values the importance of one life uh, in that moment. When you were talking, what I thought of was nostalgia, like the way nostalgia works today and how people appeal to it as a solution. Um, And like we said earlier, it's a trap. Like it's not nostalgia isn't a solution. Making whatever great again, isn't a solution. Like that's Mm. a trap, you know, like that's, that's just going to get you stuck in something that's not real. (laughs) But you're right. I mean, we romanticize the past so much. Like, remember when we used to like, yeah, and you were all poor. You know, like, 
in order to get to that that beautiful part that we are appreciating, like folks minimize or they forget how much you know work or how much sacrifice they actually took to get there. And it's like, do you really want to do that again? Yeah. And and I do think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, and I didn't think about it until you said it. It was like you know falling in love with the nostalgia, falling in love with the past, but not really grasping what we're asking for, what we're trying to return to, because it's not just the individual um, fantasy, but it's like, think about everything else surrounding that. I mean, (laughs) do we want to return to slavery? Do we want to return? You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, guys, guys. (laughs) I'm like, hello, brown girl over here. We do not want to go back to 1834. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally. <laughs> Who's your MVP for the Zoe? This was a tough one. The traveling door was the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> it was the perfect trap. The traveling was, door. I know. And then it had the nerve to ask them if they wanted to go back through. Like oh for like God. something. Kirk was like, uh, no. Kirk yeah. out. Beat me up, Scotty. Yeah, <laughs> you just- out of this. You just lived through one of the pain, most painful moments of your life. You want to go back? You want to do it again? Do it again. <laughs> I'm going to go with Spock for this one uh, because here's the note that I wrote. His ability to create like this time portal or whatever with spare parts, it warmed my Sunday school teacher heart. Because that's... <laughs> I'm I'm constantly on a Sunday school hall gluing popsicle sticks together thinking like, what am I doing? What is this? Red construction paper. (laughs) Making little rings. (laughs) The kids love it. I love it, man. Spock putting together like this whole giant thing just to like get one picture from the future. I love it. I know. (laughs) That was amazing. No, he had it like all hooked up in his 1930s like hostel room, you know. I loved his cap too. Maybe Spock's cap. Uh, that could be the MVP for me. Spock's uh, <laughs> Spock's little toque that he had to cover his ears. That thing was great. Yeah, it was like a little skull cap. It was, yeah. it was so cute. Was and they had the plaid shirts on and were stuffing them in their pants. I was like, oh, don't tuck your I, shirt in. And honestly, a better solution than Star Trek Four when he wore the bandana around his head. Like, oh. I thought the toque worked better than the bandana to cover his ears. MVP for that. That's awesome. (laughs) That is another adventure in the captain's log. We are halfway through our six episode journey. Next up, we'll be heading to season three, episode seven, Day of the Dove, featuring the return of the Klingons. See you then. Trekking across the universe On the Captain Kirk Star Trekking across the universe